politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots yearning to breathe free again, fighting for liberty. This is the place to begin that fight. See our podcast at Blaze Media, your show host here, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for another terrific week in broadcast, November 15th. And those days of this year of 2021 are ebbing away. Remember, I put a deadline on this year. I said, look, if we don't fight for liberty this year, we'll never get it back. And I think that's true. And we never thought we'd be facing a bioweapon. Yes, today I'm going to throw as much information as I can at you today. What we don't finish today, we'll finish the other days this week. Why this is not a vaccine. It absolutely does not work. It absolutely goes negative, meaning negative efficacy. It leaks and makes you it that both you're eventually more likely to get it, but also that everyone is more likely to get it because it makes the virus worse and it causes a tremendous amount of known and unknown problems. This is worse than we ever thought. You know, just today is a story out from NPR, their book editor, Petra Meyer. She was 46 years old. She died at Holy Cross Hospital in Maryland here in my state in what's believed suddenly in what's believed to be a pulmonary embolism. A lot of this going on, and it will never be reported back uh, as, as a vaccine injury. Not to say it's unheard of for a 46-year-old to suddenly drop dead of a pulmonary embolism, but it's almost unheard of. So this is where we're at. This is all being covered up for those of you who thought that if this really were going on, you would have heard about it. There's no way they could cover that up. Yes, and frankly, I think this has been covered up in other vaccines for a long time. I don't think it was as glaring and jarring as this one, um, but there were clearly other problems. So, folks, first off, so, yeah, we got a lot going on here. I want to throw as much information as I can at you. Um, we have – where is this? Um, we have uh, – man, this is getting very scary. I'm, I'm just looking, coming across the wires here. The stuff I'm seeing is absolutely insane with some of these vaccine injuries. We have 74 sports players, young sports players who died um, from COVID uh, throughout the world. This is a German publication that put this together. So we're going to get through this and many other things. But folks, I just want to tell you, this is our Kansas-Nebraska Act moment. This is our Kansas-Nebraska Act moment. This was the time that the Republican Party uh, was created in 1854 because the Whig Party failed. Well, if the Republican Party cannot stand up to this issue, we need a new one. Now, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we run? Folks, one place people are looking at is Panama. Our friends at International Living have a book out, The American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama. Believe it or not, it's become the world's number one wealth protection haven. You could live on just 24000 a year there, pay zero income taxes. Healthcare is as little as 2600 because you don't have the same cartel that you have here. And frankly, you'll probably get better care. America's healthcare is now not a third world country. It's a fourth world country. Panama really is one of the nicer parts of the Southern Hemisphere um, you could live in luxury on a beachfront condo for 120000 a year. So go check out their American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama free if you go to buypanamanow.com slash conservative. That's buypanamanow.com slash conservative. So where do we start here? Let's start with what we are seeing here out in the open. Out in the open. Okay. It's now undeniable that nearly every part of North America, Europe, and Asia are now worse off than they were before the pandemic. Okay? You cannot deny that. That is abundantly clear. Where cases and deaths in most places are worse than they've ever been, and, and the winter is just getting started. And it, that makes no sense. Because... Let, let, let me just say this. I don't know where you live, but where I live, almost every single adult has gotten the shot, and many have gotten the third one. And the more they do it, the more it makes it worse. 
as people have warned. There's no middle ground. When you have a half-baked vaccine, oh, don't worry, it doesn't stop transmission, but it will stop serious illness. Well, Fauci has now admitted that indeed, it doesn't stop serious illness. What's interesting, if you're watching the trend now with the shots, at first they had to deny that it didn't work against cases. Then they had to deny the fact that it didn't work against serious illness. Now that they've gotten people accustomed to the boosters, now they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. You better get another one. See, now they've gotten people into that, so now they're going to openly say that so they can get even more people killed from the shots and more proliferation of viral immune escape. Fauci told the New York Times podcast, he was on their latest episode, uh, this was November 12th, they are seeing a waning of immunity not only against infection, but against hospitalization and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly. It's waning to the point that you're seeing more and more people getting breakthrough infections, and more and more of those people are getting breakthrough infections or winding up in the hospital. The virus is getting worse. It's getting worse for everyone. This is all one big lie. One big lie. But again, this is not something that you can just be like, oh yeah, just just take another one. Take another one. It's killing so many people. Think about all those people in the nursing homes where this is not working at all for them. And the shot is the most dangerous for them. No answers. You know, I'm actually late recording today because I was dealing with a friend. His family just got the virus. And again, there was no education there. Didn't know about the betadine spray. Didn't know about aspirin. Didn't know about Pepsi. I was trying to get ivermectin for him. You know, he just ordered from Seven Cells today the ivermectin. But, you know, it takes a few days. And, and you know, that, that works well if you don't already have it. So you can get it quickly. But not that quickly. Not that day. So, you know, this is a big problem. But you look around, again, 82% of the deaths in the UK are fully vaccinated. In terms of cases, they are twice as likely in some age groups to get the virus. This is hard data. Twice as likely as, as unvaccinated. 85% of the adult Dutch population have been fully vaccinated. Cases are now more than 16,000, record high. Germany, record high. Almost 70% of its entire population vaccinated. You look in the U.S. Just look at the U.S. Okay? This is from my friend Ben. He looks at the, he has a Twitter feed, at U.S. Mortality on Twitter. Um, he goes through the excess mortality data every day. This is from this year over last year. Okay? This is roughly the period of time, I'd say August, September, October, 2021 versus 2022, okay? The excess mortality for 25 to 44-year-olds up 107%. 45 to 64-year-olds up 133%. 65 to 74-year-olds up 112%. 75 to 84-year-olds up 66%. The only group that it's down a little bit in is over 85-year-olds, but that's because COVID slaughtered those people last year, so it you know it didn't quite reach it. Um, but in all the other age groups, it's up. It's up half because the virus is worse than it's ever been after the vaccine, half because the vaccine's directly killing them. It's time we stop denying the fact that it's worse than it's ever been because this is not a vaccine. A vaccine doesn't do that. It's a bioweapon, okay? This is obvious. It's a bioweapon. 100% of seniors in Maine are at least partially vaccinated. Hospitalizations are at an all-time high. Okay? Michigan, 70% of the population over 16 vaccinated. It currently has the highest case rate in the U.S. Minnesota, 80% of adults are at least partially vaccinated. Has the highest case rate in the United States. Now, them and Michigan, it's those northern states... You know, it depends on the day. They keep flipping, but between Michigan and, and Germany, and, and, and not Germany, Minnesota, um, Belgium, 74% of the population is fully vaccinated. Roughly the same percentage in the Flemish hospitals are fully vaccinated. 90% of New Zealanders 
are vaccinated, they now have, the cases have gone up 2,429% since August 19th. Now, again, I get it. They, they barely had anything, so it's relative. But again, relative to what they had before, why is it worse everywhere since after the vaccine? Colorado. Colorado. 325% increase in deaths from September 1st to November 1st of this year relative to last year. Last year, there were 376 deaths in the state, COVID deaths. This year, there's 1,234. Okay? High vaccination rate. So now they're saying everyone after six months of, of Pfizer and Moderna and after two months of J&J, they need a booster. This is where they're headed next. Have you killed and have you inherited? They kill and inherit. They benefit from their lie at the same time. At the same time, Taiwan has suspended Pfizer, not just Moderna, but Pfizer's second shot for teenagers because of so much myocarditis. And yet in this country, we're still mandating it. Okay? But this is where they're headed now. They're going all in. And I'll tell you, within a month, you're not going to... You'll be deemed for purposes of work and hospitals as unvaccinated if you only have two. And they're right because it doesn't work. They'll say you're on. But the point is the third one, there's no evidence it works either. And each shot is going to kill more people. Now, for those of you who don't want to get a heart attack while you're listening to this show and you want to maybe chill out and exercise, I recommend to unplug from your screen and put in everyday earbuds from our friends at Raycon. That's R-A-Y-C-O-N. Raycon, the biggest thing is that there are brands you can get of earbuds that are cheap, but they're the only ones that offer quality audio for an amazing price, Um, not the price of the other top-line brands. Their new everyday earbuds come with three sound profiles, pure mode, balance mode, bass mode, so you could adjust, right, because some... Modes are better for podcasts. Some are better for music or different types of music. They offer eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. There's a built-in mic, so you can take calls on your earbuds from your phone as well. Um, With Christmas around the corner, the holiday season, now is the time to pick up a pair for yourself and a spare for a friend. Go to buyraycon.com slash conservative today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. Um, hurry up because the availability is very limited. So that's buyraycon.com slash conservative. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash conservative. So let's start off with Sweden. Here's what, what, what I want to tell you. What you're going to hear from a lot of people is this garbage that, well, Daniel, you're you're right that it is a lot worse, but that's because of the Delta. And somehow it would have been worse <coughs> had we not had the vaccine. So, so again, somehow it was preordained that we would have a spread that's even worse. Okay, more prolific, but often in many places seem, seemingly more deadly, defies the trajectory of every other pandemic in the history of the universe where it gets better over time. <coughs> it gets weaker from the source, from the original source. And it's going to defy everything after most of these countries have nearly every adult vaccinated. Really, really. Well, the problem with that is we have a control group, and that is called Sweden. There is something very remarkable going on in Sweden. Sweden is quite literally the only country in the entire Europe that has not had a so-called Delta wave. Most countries have had either one huge one or at least two moderate ones or are on their second one right now. Right now, it's very bad in Southern, Eastern, and Central Europe where they're getting it worse than America ever got. But right now, out of, I don't know, the 30 or so countries in Europe, Sweden is the second to lowest case rate per capita. The only one slightly lower is Spain, but Spain had a huge delta wave in July. So, you know, they kind of got it already. Um, Whereas Sweden has almost the same low case rate without ever having gotten delta. So in other words, 
since Delta has started proliferating in the Western countries uh, from India, roughly June, July is really where it started. In America, it started late July, August is where it hit the South. Europe, some of these countries, uh, UK, France, Spain, um, they got it. They got their first round of Delta earlier. Sweden never got it. So in other words, even the countries that were doing really well, for whatever reason, they almost seem to be partially immune, like Norway, Finland, Iceland, right? These countries. And then also in the Far East, like Singapore and, and, and some of these other you know, uh, Asian countries, they actually they have it worse than they've ever had. Now, I know it's all relative. They'll be like, well, Daniel, uh, Norway and Iceland did very well. I know that. But relative to their what they expect to get, why is it much worse than it's ever been? Well, the Delta. But then why didn't Sweden get the Delta? What that tells me is that Sweden is what the world would have looked like had we just played it naturally, but better than Sweden. We could have done even better by actually treating it because they didn't really get into treatment. They just didn't do the bad stuff, the mess, the lockdown. Um you know, or at least the mandatory lockdown, the more people, especially seniors, did, you know, they did stay home there. Um, it's not like they did nothing, but it wasn't mandatory. And what happened was they have no Delta. They've gone for June, July, August, September, October into November, and it's flat there. It's like they've achieved herd immunity. So that tells you that natural immunity would preclude these variants. It holds up. But the vaccine doesn't. Now, you might say, well, Daniel, well, Daniel, look at this. Looky here. Sweden does have a high vaccination rate, a little bit higher than that of the U.S. So maybe it's the vaccine. Nope. The problem with that is Sweden had a very slow take up. They were very late. Okay. so when you're talking about June, when when Delta started circulating, they had a very low vaccination rate, much lower than the U.S., now, once they did it over the summer, they did it very quickly. They vaccinated most of their population in a small, like almost like a two-month window. But at that time, they should have been the most vulnerable. They weren't doing masks. They weren't doing lockdown. And they had a low vaccination rate. And, 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 they, and, and yet they never got the Delta spread. Moreover, again, all the Scandinavian countries have Norway. Now, again, Norway in general has done phenomenally, but Norway has had moderate Waves, and they're getting another one. Iceland has a huge wave. They're on their second Delta wave. They have an even higher vaccination rate, right? Okay, the UK, Ireland, all these countries, Belgium, getting slammed now. They have higher vaccination rates, and they vaccinated earlier and quicker, but higher. Okay, right now, like Ireland, for example, is... What is this? Cases per million. So Sweden's like, I don't know, 60 or something. Ireland's over 800. 800 per million. Okay, so, you know, like 15-fold higher, and they have a higher vaccination rate. Belgium, Singapore, Denmark, Iceland, Seychelles. All these countries have much higher vaccination rates than even Sweden does, yet Sweden didn't get the wave and yet, these other countries all did, and they have two of these waves. It's bogus. It's a lie. It doesn't work. Now, it doesn't mean there's a perfect inverse relationship that the countries that have low vaccination rates are going to have um, no spread because once this thing is out and it creates viral immune escape, then that's the new you know, virus, and it's going to go everywhere. The difference is Sweden, Sweden, because of their different strategy, it spread quicker and they have natural immunity. It would be nice if we had a country that had a low vaccination rate and, you know, and didn't do the lockdowns and they have natural immunity. But what I'm telling you is Sweden kind of is that country because at the time when Delta was going everywhere in the first wave, they had a low vaccination rate at that time, and they didn't get it. They didn't get the virus. And that tells me that the, the, the vaccine is nothing. It doesn't work, and it never really did. We've been lied to. Remember, Sweden also is the same country 
that actually had the most comprehensive long-term study. They basically looked at 60% of their population and, and tracked the efficacy of the vaccines. They found, this is a direct quote from the Swedish study, after you know 3.5 million sample, after six to seven months, no effectiveness could be detected. They were talking about specifically, specifically the Pfizer shot. After 210 days, that's what, like roughly seven months, they found negative efficacy in every group over 50, and in some it was minus 77%. Minus 77% that jives with the UK data. I'm, I'm looking at this right here. Between six and seven months, okay? 50 to 64-year-olds, 18% effective. 65 to 79-year-olds, minus 5% effective. But if you go one month longer, that's the cliff. You go after 210 days, minus 77% in 50 to 64, minus 32, 65 to 79, and minus 66%. This is getting symptomatic infection, symptomatic infection over 80 years old. And that's after seven months. Now we're, for many people, 9, 10, 11 months, you're getting negative efficacy. That's a bioweapon. That's not normal. That is not normal. As that famous nurse said at the San Diego County Board of Supervisors, that, that little that hearing they had a few weeks ago, she got up there and said, why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place? How about that? Well, now, folks, if you want to get real protection, have on your shelf ivermectin and nitazoxanide. The two together are really the best um, adjunct to have those two on your shelf. You go to 7cells.com. It's the only place where they have both a prescription where you fill out a form and an order and a pharmacy all in one. They compound it. They're capsules compounded to your weight. So it's usually 14, 16, 18, 20 milligrams. You're going to put in your weight. They give you 0.2 mg. If you want to do the 0.4, like the FLCC protocol, then just order accordingly. So like, you know, let's say you're going to order, you know, 10 days. So instead of ordering 10 pills, order 20, you know, for yourself um, and for each person. And uh, you can do the 0.4 if your research has led you to believe that that is safe and effective. Um, Obviously, Seven Cells doesn't give advice. They just make it available for you, assuming you uh, qualify for the prescription. Um, so again, it's about $8 per capsule for um, for ivermectin. It's a little, a little bit more for the nitazoxanide. Nitazoxanide are 500 milligram capsules. Uh, promo code Daniel. So you fill out the coupon Daniel. You go again at sevencells.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-C-E-L-L-S.com. Um, 20% off. Make sure you get that in there, promo code Daniel. And again, I'll tell you guys, I, I would just say, if you haven't gotten the virus yet or there are those in your household who haven't gotten it yet or you feel that responsible, you take care of a loved one that hasn't had the virus yet, whether they had the shot or not, right? That, as you well see, doesn't make a difference. Have this on hand. Don't wait till you get the virus. That's the key. I was dealing with that with people today. Don't wait until you get it. Um, because even, you know, unless you, they do have like, I think overnight shipping, but it's expensive. Um, but if you use the regular first class shipping, it's like, what, $12 or so, it's going to, it takes a few days. Okay. I mean, you, you know, you order it now, you should get it by the end of the week. But if you, you know, that's why you want to make sure you do this as soon as you can, have it on hand. This is the only way to stop this stuff because I'm just telling you. Um, and, and again, do your own research, but nitazoxanide, I have that on hand. It has efficacy against rotavirus, neurovirus, um, flu, hepatitis C, RSV, and there's a lot of stuff going around now. Remember, leaky bioweapons, one of the things they do is they reactivate latent pathogens. So it's definitely something you want to look at. Okay, so again, the sevencells.com, that's what we need to do. We need to evacuate from the system. Now, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, we would have 
basically everyone would have access. You wouldn't have to get advice from someone like me. You would have a doctor that would walk you through this. And that, that this is what we need to work on. How to evacuate from the system. How to take all of the doctors that are being thrown out of the system, all the patients that are being thrown out, and get our own system with smarter doctors. No Medicare, no Medicaid, no insurance. My dream would be we have a 50-state Patriot Medical Freedom Association where you have doctors and clinics associated with in all 50 states. You you become like a year, like a, like a annual membership fee, and then you can go to any of those facilities. So some will be primary care, some will be specialists. We'll have at least in every state a few you know, clinics so we could deal with ambulatory other issues. And as we go on, hopefully we can cover more and more issues. But that that is the dream of what I'm working on and what sort of legislation we need in the state legislatures to deal with this. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, I had Dr. Mary Talley Bowden on the show on Friday. She's the doctor that was fighting for this ivermectin patient at this Houston hospital. Well, over the weekend, Houston Methodist announced that they kicked her out of the hospital. Now, she didn't make much money off of it, she told me. I mean, she uh, she just had privileges there, and they took it away, but she never went there much. She has her own ENT practice at breathemd.org. Um, but one of the things I want to work on, and I think it's time we do this, is to bust the, the hospital cartel to basically break up their for-profit status or not-for-profit status. It's not fair that they get treated like a not-for-profit, but then get to act like a greedier for-profit than anything else. So that's my idea. Any any hospital that discriminates against patients that didn't get the injection, doctors that didn't get the injection, they're political, they're taking a political stance, and they need to lose their tax-exempt status. We need that in every state, at least at a state level. Federal, you know, feds aren't going to do anything. But that's another action item for those of you who join our ConAction teams. And by the way, you can go to ConAction.network. But, I mean, those of you who have seen this, the, the big systems buy out, buy out all the hospitals. The cranes, the construction zones, and the hospital grounds in every major metro area the last 10 years, you can't miss it. Between endless construction, purchasing of private practices, the large healthcare administration companies are thriving. And again, that would be terrific if their record profits were obtained through the free market. Or alternatively, as nonprofit stewards of the public good. And they were offering innovative medicine for cheaper prices. But obviously, neither of that is true. They become killing machines. They're securing all the benefits of for-profit ventures and all the benefits of a nonprofit quasi arm of the government. So we need to stop them from playing both sides. Re- real briefly, let's just let's just zoom out a little bit and understand why the healthcare cartel has been thriving, why healthcare is a dumpster fire, lack of freedom of choice, prices are insane, and we're just boxed out. Much like a drug cartel, government intervention in every aspect of healthcare, along with propping up the insurance mafia in this country, what, is, what has it done? It's created a fiefdom that thrives on the downstream effects of government interference, right? So basically, when it comes to hospitalization, the hospital conglomerates gouge the insurance companies, the insurance companies gouge the government, and they all racketeer against the consumer. Insurance companies have unlimited funds. Why? Why could they afford this? Because they're backed by, I, I remember years ago it was $300 billion worth, now it's probably more, the tax exclusion, right? That's how much, if every employer in this country, if they give you an extra twenty twenty five thousand 25000 in salary, well, they have to pay ta- payroll taxes. But if they give it to the insurance cartel, imagine this, that, that, that was the worst thing the government did. In the 50s, 60s, that was the original sin of healthcare that destroyed healthcare in America, that gave insurance, that made healthcare about insurance and gave the insurance cartel a monopoly over our healthcare. Hundreds of billions worth in tax exclusions. So basically, that made it that every employer is like, oh, so fringe benefits, I may as well give it to that. It's more cost effective. It's venture socialism in its truest sense. 
then hospitals are the next cartel on that rung, that feast on the weight created by the insurance cartel, which allows them to raise their charges and avoid price transparency. And then do whatever they want in terms of care. Basically, this is what hospitals do now. They pay no taxes, they earn record profits, but then they don't use them for indigent care or helping some of the rural facilities. That's what That was the original deal of why they were treated as a not-for-profit. They use the regulatory structure to box out competition or ban physician-owned hospitals. They use Medicaid expansion as a cash cow, much larger than the unpaid care that they provide, but still get reimbursements. They get to lobby to get government to pay them more Medicare and Medicaid than competing physicians. And then they engage in price fixing with the insurance cartel without divulging the price or cost estimate of almost anything that they service. Oh, and they use their non-for-profit status to run ads and spend more money on lobbying than pretty much any industry, especially in the state legislatures, I've noticed. I mean, the AAH is like the biggest player there. That needs to be evened out. It's time we make them for-profit ventures because of their behavior. It's also time that we even up all the tax benefits. States need to create an equality for alternatives like health sharing ministries, um, like concierge annual fees for DPC doctors. Why should insurance be the only method of health care? Who said? These are all things that only I'm talking about. We have no vision. No vision. But anyway, I just wanted to interject with that because of what happened to Dr. Bowden. We need to go after these hospitals. So I wanted to get back to the shots. I know we have a lot of other things today that I have on the docket here, but this will probably take us till the end of the show. So, you know, you look at the VAERS reporting, okay, just for... This past week, among 12 to 17-year-olds, 22,782 total adverse events, including 1,400 rated as serious, 29 reported deaths, 59 reports of anaphylaxis among that age group, 552 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis, 131 blood clotting disorders. And again, folks, this is just what is traced in there. Almost nothing that I know, and I'm sure in your life, people that you know were damaged by it, none of it is reported to VAERS. So this is a tiny percentage. That is what is so scary, how the numbers are that high. And typically, we would take something off the market. Yet here, it's like marketed as the greatest thing thing in the history of the world, and then mandated. It's truly unbelievable. You know, I was thinking over the weekend, it's reading in the Bible, Hosea 13.2. It really spoke to me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Do you know what, what the word vaccine mean, means? Do you know where it comes from? Vaca in Latin is cow. Okay, you can look it up. It's because of cowpox. That was the first vaccine, which was, you know, similar to smallpox. Hosea 13.2. And now... They continue to sin, and they have made for themselves a molten image from their silvers. According to their pattern, deities, all of it, the work of craftsmen. To them, they say, those who sacrifice man may kiss the calves. Kiss the calves. And I was thinking, man, is that a hint to a time where they would kiss the vodka? No matter how much it kills them no matter how much it harms them. Again, it is incontrovertibly clear. I, I, I don't understand how people could be this stupid. It's 10 times worse than it ever was. How could you not realize that the vaccine is the freaking culprit? It's not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon. There's no middle ground. If something doesn't work, then it goes negative because the virus gobbles it up. It's a Trojan horse. It either overpowers the virus or it gets overpowered by it. This is not a new phenomenon. We talked about um, Merrick's disease with the leaky chicken vaccine, but this was actually a problem with um, a certain 
H1N1 vaccine back uh, last decade. So this is from our friends at the Daily Skeptic. They have an interesting article out. Negative vaccine effectiveness isn't new, a new phenomenon. It turned up in the swine flu vaccine. And they talk about how, you know, when they had the outbreak in British Columbia in 2009 of the swine flu, they were interested in how effectively the routine trivalent influenza vaccine, TIV, was protecting against H1N1. And something very surprising happened. They tried it, and they found that people who had taken the flu vaccine had a more than double chance of getting sick with the flu during H1N1 outbreak. We present the first observation of an unexpected association between prior seasonal influenza vaccination and, and PH1N1 illness. Participants reporting PH1N1-related uh, influenza-like illness during the period April 1st through June 5th, 2009, were more than twice as likely to report having previously received seasonal influenza vaccine. This was in the Clinical Infectious Diseases Journal in 2010. And it shocked researchers. They, you know, it, it shocked them. They waited a year and a half until six different investigations were all saying the same things. They found Canadian investigators embarked on a series of confirmatory studies. These showed one between 1.4 and 2.5-fold increased risk of medically attended laboratory-confirmed H1N1 illness among prior 2008-2009 TIV recipients. Six observational studies based on different methods and settings, including the current outbreak investigation, consistently showed increased risk of H1N1 illness during the spring and summer of 2009 associated with prior receipt of 2008-2009 TIV. Well, think about it. What is another leaky vaccine? Everyone would admit the flu vaccine is very leaky. It doesn't stop transmission, and really only... It's not even clear who it helps or doesn't help. I think very similar to what we're seeing here, for a couple of months, it helps a little bit for healthier people that aren't going to die from the flu. I mean, I think that's what... That's basically the the consensus of what we've seen from the data is the type of people who typically get deadly uh, pneumonia from flu and die from it, they get it anyway. It hasn't stopped since the flu shot. It's cut down on like healthier people um, to a certain extent. So that's a, so you might say, well, Daniel, that's awesome. Something's better than nothing. No, that's when you're dealing with boosting your immune systems, vitamin D, ivermectin, things like that. But when you're dealing with things that go directly after the virus, be it a therapeutic, be it a fake, non-sterilizing, leaky vaccine, there's no such thing as a half a loaf is better than no loaf. A half a loaf is a poisonous loaf. That's basic mic micromolecular biology. Everyone knows that. That's the Trojan horse theory. It's unbelievable. This is a big problem, and, and there's a lot of research. This article goes through tons of research on leaky vaccines. It's not new. It's new to people who never studied it. But why is no one asking if we have this much precedent for problems with leaky vaccines and this is the ultimate leaky vaccine plus its narrow spectrum to begin with and that it only recognizes the spike protein and then we see right after it it's much worse than the previous year even though half the people already had the virus and everyone's vaccinated, why are we not asking those questions? It's almost impossible that the shots aren't causing this. And then, and then again, you know, the hospitalization numbers they're playing games on, the death numbers they're playing games on, but certainly we know a lot of them are dying, but at the case rate, it's gone negative. So we know there's a concept of antibody-dependent disease enhancement, ADE. There's almost no way that it's not going to go negative or hasn't gone negative, especially on sick people, even on the critical illness level. And this is what I wrote about last, last week. If you look at transplant patients, right? These are kidney transplant, organ transplants. These are your most immunocompromised people. And a study that was conducted by the transplant, the 
Ajmera Transplant Center and University of Health Network in Toronto, Canada, they found that even people who are immunocompromised to the point where they've had a kidney transplant, if they had prior infection, they still have significant T-cell response, whereas the shots were very weak. And this we knew from day one. And the, and the response was weak. And this was four to six weeks after being vaccinated, right? Four to six weeks is like the bullseye after it ramped up or because you're definitely more vulnerable those first few weeks. And then before it wanes, which now, by the way, um, most studies are showing Pfizer especially already starts winning after three months, not six, three. But even at the greatest period of time, it wanes. What is our answer to those people? They're going to be the most vulnerable to injury from the spike protein. And they are, have the least benefit. Everyone's like, you know, the cost-benefit analysis is the worst for kids. And that's true. But it's also worse for the people at the other ends of the spectrum, too. The vaccine is the most dangerous to those people. But on the other hand, it doesn't work. So what are you, what are you going to do for those people? They're going to continue. And then the more you do it, the more virulent it makes the virus. And it's going to wipe these people out. All the more criminal, all these hospitals, all these doctors denying care, denying things that work. And it's not just denying things that work. Just look at fluvoxamine. Even the media was very bullish on it. Almost 100% cut in death. Why aren't they at least studying that more? Jumping on it. They jump on remdesivir. They jump on the shots. On this, barely anything. And by the way, I have a whole article out on remdesivir today. This thing is a bioweapon. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You had Saginaw, Michigan, a whole uh, school system that had to shut down because the teachers were injured from the shots. And by the way, there's a lot of theories now out there that the boosters might be even worse because they found a better way to keep its potency. Part of the problem was with the whole temperature issue and the had to be kept cold, and so they, you know, they they weren't following it properly, and that was good. That's one of the theories as to why some people got crushed by this, but a number of people kind of walked away. Really, everyone should get killed by it because it's a bioweapon. But now it's it's terrible. Albuquerque hospitals, hundred and forty percent capacity. Okay, but guess what? It's not from COVID. It's not from COVID. There's an ABC News article out. The move comes as hospitals are being stretched to the limit in terms of space and staffing. They say to increasing COVID and a high volume of patients with acute conditions. Wait, COVID and a high volume of patients with acute conditions. What does that mean? Again, the title is ABC News Albuquerque Hospitals Enact Crisis Standards of Care During Unprecedented Time. If you want to look it up, it's from last week. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So if you look at data on their their hospital um, database, it shows that out of 697 hospital beds and 141 ICU beds, only 43 were occupied with COVID patients. That's 5%. Who are the rest? I think we know where, where that is. Just like this NPR reporter, the book editor, just dropped dead of a pulmonary embolism suddenly. This is happening everywhere. I have to pinch myself to even realize this is happening. And yet Republicans continue to promote it. They continue to buy it up. It's like the Tampa Bay Times wrote a hit piece on DeSantis saying, Texas bought a million doses for 5 to 11-year-olds. And, uh, you know, Florida bought barely enough for 5% of the people. I'm like, good. 5% too much, but good for DeSantis for not buying. And that's what I mean. It's not just enough to oppose a mandate. You have to oppose it completely. And I would say it's not just for kids anymore. 
We're at the point where nobody should be getting this. It doesn't work for anyone, and it only causes harm, potentially 100% harm long-term, but certainly short-term, it's way too much. We don't know, and we have many other treatments. Again, if you've been getting your vitamin D levels up, you're taking C um, and uh, um, you know zinc and quercetin, you're doing the nasal spray. Certainly, if you the minute you feel that you're getting COVID, you bomb away with the betadine uh, mouth and, and nasal rinse. And then there's so many things even before we get to ivermectin and nitazoxanide. Obviously, aspirin, pepsid, um, curcumin, there's the turmeric, black seed oil, NAC, NAC. These are all anti-inflammatories, antiviral qualities in some of them. And um, and then, you know, for people that you're worried that they might get a little bit more acutely and, you know, whatever, there's phenofibrate, there's fluvoxamine, there's steroids, there's budesonide. And, and there's so many promising things that we just don't look into. Why are states not putting all the vaccine money into researching therapeutics and making them available to people? Another action item, good news. My buddy Jay Stagel, he got this done. He's in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. He got the governor to fire the adjunct general who's in charge of the National Guard. They got a new one, and they banned the mandate there, the vaccine mandate. Remember, the governor, not the president, is in charge of the National Guard. Where are the other red state governors? Why have they not done the same? I called on them to do this five weeks ago. And again, we need either a ballot initiative to put into statute, because most states don't have a ballot initiative for a constitution. I know North Dakota does, a few maybe do, um, to get it on the ballot. Or we need to pressure the legislators to, you know, most states need two-thirds to pass a constitutional amendment. But in some states, Republicans do have those majorities. We need a constitutional amendment in every state constitution. The right of the people to be secure in their persons includes the right of every individual to the possession and control of his own person, free to refuse any medical device or treatment against one's body. So this is important. Now, we're also going to be watching the Rittenhouse trial. Remember, even if he gets off, they're still going to go after him. And it's a rare judge that's good. But even that rare judge who's good is only good on an individual criminal case. You know, it used to be every judge was good on an individual criminal case. They wouldn't allow politics to seep into that. That ship has sailed. But now even the good ones are only good on individual criminal cases. They're not going to be good on the policy issues. The ones that are broad policy issues. So we cannot count on the courts. I know the Fifth Circuit is one so far. But you know what? They're not listening anyway. You know, they don't listen we had the case from Texas, the ivermectin case. The judge said you have to allow a nurse in, not even mandating that they administer it, but someone else do it. No, they blocked them. And look, the Fifth Circuit put a put an injunction on it. But at the end of the day, most of the businesses see where the writing is on the wall. They see where the momentum is. They see where the money is. They see where the power is. And logically, they're going to, Look, it's too tenuous. They're not going to go with the injunction. Remember, the injunction is an injunction not on the business, but on the government. The government can't force it, but they can opt to do it. That's why states, the only way to properly combat what the feds have done is you've got to make it illegal. Give them a bigger fine. Fund lawsuits against them at a tort level, not, not at a you know policy level, but at a tort level. Cause of action. So we have today the Florida legislature, David Weissman, the expert on clinical trials. We had him on last week. He is testifying today as you listen to the show before the Florida legislature. We got to make sure that bill doesn't get watered down. We have Kansas meeting this week. So you could sign up for conaction.network team. I'm looking for leaders in Idaho. I'm looking for leaders in um, Mississippi, North Carolina, Kentucky. Louisiana, any of those states, South Dakota as well, Kansas. We have about you know a dozen state leaders, but we need more. So we got work to be done, work to do. 
Now, I'm proud to be part of the Blaze Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Glenn Beck, Steve Dace, and I are going to be joined by Dr. Ryan Cole. We're going to have a special um, show on what, who and what is really behind the pandemic, what's the agenda, who's profiting, putting it all together. It's going to be a special session. Not a special session. We're not like a legislature. I mean, special show. So make sure you catch it there. And by the way, if you are looking for Christmas presents, you know, um, patriotic or edgy uh, paraphernalia, T-shirts, hats that have our slogans on it, people that are willing to be loud and proud about your views, go to shop.blazemedia.com. Um, use promo code Horowitz20. That's H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z-20. Um, you get a discount 20% off on all that uh, cool gear and paraphernalia. It's really good if you have a friend that's patriotic um, and you could help support us because we really are the only ones willing to tackle this. Newsmax has rolled over just like uh, um, Fox. And I could tell you I have the full support of our CEO and the network to go full bore on this issue and have since day one. So I'm proud of the work that Steve and I have been doing. Glenn's going to be anchoring this, and this is very important, very important. Uh, we're going to get the word out because if you put it together, it's not just a bot shot, not such a good shot. This is a bio weapon. It was planned. The virus was planned. The remdesivir was planned. The war on other treatments was planned. The lockdown was planned. The mask was planned. Um, and the shots were absolutely planned. The boosters were planned. The next therapeutics, monopiravir, were planned. Everything they do is poisonous. Never forget that. This is a bioweapon. It is not a vaccine. The vaccines are the biggest obstacle to ending the pandemic, not the solution. The solution is locking up the people who did this, suspending this viral enhancement. you got to suspend the shots, the death and the viral enhancement that they're creating, both sides of the, of the ledger. And got to get everyone early treatment and prophylaxis immediately and get through this. Um, just like Sweden was able to get through it, unfortunately, before, or unfortunately for them, but unfortunately for us, before the viral enhancement. Now the virus is worse. It does affect a lot more people than it did before. Again, a lot of people still do get it mildly, but you know you can't be as confident as you were before because Gert von den Bosch and others warned about this. So, folks you got to get prepared. Again, go to 7cells.com, promo code Daniel for your ivermectin and nitazoxanide. Um, nitazoxanide is good to have on hand also for the flu. I would I would take it for the flu. There's good data on that, on RSV, um, and even for, for children, although I don't think 7cells will give it to you for children, um, but you can order you know a good amount on your own. And uh, let me know how it turns out. If you have questions, go to dharwitz, or email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Follow me on Twitter at armconservative. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.